Welcome to season two of In the Arena with Now. This season, we'll be diving into collaborative action and coalition building, transformative practices for healing, joy, and equity. We'll hear from a variety of local leaders and experts about how they're co-designing and co-creating solutions within their communities, all to ensure that children, families, and all community members have access to the critical resources and opportunities they need to lead healthy, thriving lives. I'm your host, Rhonda Alexander, Director of National Partnerships with Vital Village Networks of Opportunity for Child Wellbeing at Boston Medical Center. In this episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Vital Village Network's National Advisory Board member, Inez Palmerin. In addition to being a longtime friend of Vital Village Networks, she is a community builder, coalition co-founder, and a changemaker dedicated to holding and creating space for mothers to connect and create solutions together. Welcome, Inez. Let's get started. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role and in your work and sort of how you came to your work with Boston Mothers Care and maybe some of your other community partnership projects? So happy to be here. I just I'm excited to talk about that. It just it's it's hard work. I'll say that for now. My name is Ines. Originally, I'm from Hartford, Connecticut. Been in Boston most of my life. I've dedicated my self to working in communities and focusing on economic opportunities and stabilization, uh, making sure our children and families have what they need to succeed in this world. But first, I'm a mom and I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, and I'm newly a wife, (laughs) just got married. So I say that because a lot of my personal story folds into the work that I do and why why I'm doing it. Um, first generation. My parents came to the United States from Puerto Rico in the late 70s. My father worked in the tobacco fields in Connecticut and retired as a dishwasher from Hartford Hospital with a pension. And I was the first one to go to college. So I'm a product of opportunities and what can happen when the right resources are in place. And so I, I will stop there. I think that's shaped my career in many ways. Yeah, that's so incredibly beautiful. Um, just thinking about what we get from our families and our communities and then how how we begin to to give that back. Well, I'd love to know a little bit more about what you're currently working on. And more importantly, how does it bring you joy? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Going back to Boston Mother's Care, an incredible journey for me at that time, how we got how I got involved in that project. Boston Mother's Care, it's a small village. We are a group of about 12 women from the Caribbean and African-American mothers from Boston who got together after the earthquake in Haiti in 2010 because we wanted to do something to help members, our founding member, Joanne Fanfan, is from Haiti. And at that time, I was called in to support her work because I had experienced mobilizing relief um, work during emergency disasters. And um, we 
met at the airport. We were doing a lot of planning over the phone and I actually got invited to go to Haiti. And our first face-to-face was at the airport. We went there and we distributed the donations and then we came back and we said, wow, we need to do this differently because when we were in Haiti, we realized that a lot of the resources and a lot of the things that were happening around moving the resources were men-led. So being mothers at night, we would talk about how would we do it differently if we were sort of like to do this with other women that cared about women and children. And we started Boston Mothers Care in my house. And we came up with our mission statement, which was to rebuild hope, giving comfort and loving children. And for the past, I can't believe, you know, it's been over a decade. We're still together working. We've done many different kinds of reliefs, um, efforts around the country and in Haiti. But what it, what it has done for us as women in Boston, especially as mothers in Boston, it created a space for our members to come and meet monthly over food and share this vision of how do we make our communities better in Boston and other places, right? Because we started with our, our mission was in Haiti. But I say at the beginning that this is work from the heart because there's so many things every day that we are trying to do in this world to make it better. And uh, these days, it's that kind of stuff is kind of getting harder. I think that there's just a lot of forces that are not aligned <laughs> and continue to be obstacles in this work of creating, you know, well-being within our communities, especially communities of color. So the heart is what keeps us going, right? There has to be hope somewhere. And sometimes we find that in each other and that and when we don't have it. And I think that that's what's important about creating spaces for people and creating this village yeah. mentality. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's so incredibly powerful because this is hard work and it's about our communities. And sometimes it gets hard and having something to fall back on and recognizing the community and the relationships that you're building. It sounds like that's sort of what motivates you and that's what keeps you going and keeps you in the work. I love that it started in your living room. Um <laughs> so many things like they that's just where they start it starts with a conversation and greatness builds out of it and it speaks to the the comfort and the love that i think lives in our homes right. so our theme this season on the podcast and just this year is really it's been thinking about collaborative action mm-hmm. and so when you think of collaborative action like what comes to mind what is what does that look and feel like? Yeah, a lot of a lot of work in that space, a lot of learnings. I think that for a long time, people used to throw the word collaboration around, and it just meant that you got a, you got around the table and talked about a common topic, a common theme, or worked on something together, and you just worked towards getting it done, right? Like uh, people going after a grant together to implement a vision or provide a program. It's evolved, I think, in my mind from a lot of that happening with just organizations around the table with now more local leaders doing some of that and being part of that table. I think that collaboration for me has moved from that space of just writing a grant together. These days, I think 
because of the racial equity focus and how visible it has become after COVID. There's just much more attention that needs to be paid to who's at the table, how they're talking to each other and practicing. What does real equity look like when you think about collaboration? Things that before were just sort of like not surfaced. So what I've learned in my work here in Boston and in Rhode Island is that collaboration has to be intentional, that you have to have not just a vision, but you have to learn and how to practice in relationship differently. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? Is that you have to have tough conversations and really get to know people and what they care about. I think that where I've seen success is where people have built trust and relationships that are open to discussing how do you dismantle the traditional way of doing work and how can we do it differently? And what does it mean when we have other people at the table that don't look like the usual traditional folks or letting younger people lead in spaces where people have held on to power for a long time? Yeah, what you said, relationship differently, just it's really sitting and resonating with me and building on the trust, right? Because it is hard work, but you got to have the trust to move forward. If you don't mind, I'd love to hear maybe an example or how have you all built trust together? What has that process looked like for you? I'll talk about Boston Mothers Care first and then community sort of uh, larger initiatives. In Boston Mothers Care, we called women that we knew cared about the communities, our community especially children in our community. So how you invite people into a process is very important. And I think myself and Joanne didn't have, we had a vision, but we didn't have an agenda. We created that together with the people that came and said, hey, this sounds like something I want to be a part of. The trust happened over meals, you know, years of us becoming friends, supporting each other on a very personal level. We dealt with a lot of advocacy issues around our children and schools and Boston public schools and just spending that time to get to know each other as people. In the larger initiatives or the work-related initiatives, there's different ways that that has played out. I think part of it is that we need to, at me as a person that works, for example, now at the Federal Reserve Bank, I need to make sure that I'm very aware of how people might perceive me because of where I work. So that's number one, kind of dismantling that sort of like mental image (laughs) and showing up as a true partner. And that means that I have to show and, and be who I am and bring my sort of authentic self and talk about why I care about the work, why I am in this space. And then once I'm sort of there facilitating or in co partnership in these efforts, One of the things that I consider myself, that I consider I'm good at, is that I like to be a connector. And I like to bring some of the, I like to push tables to think a little bit outside of just the work. You know, like, how do you, how are you sort of like as a person invested in this process? And I think once you get to that space of like the personal, what is it about this work that continues to bring you to this table? It just changes the dynamics. And then trust 
starts to be built there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think what we want our listeners to hear is just continue to hear is the importance of building trust and how critical those relationships are and how sometimes when words fail, when when we make mistakes, when things happen, we can come back to that trust. We can come back to that relationship. I think this question may build on my previous question a bit more, but how have you seen collaborative action contribute to healing both in your community and with the folks with whom you work? Mm. I've seen it in so many different ways, but I think when you see a person's life change and it's because of the work, that's when you have your moments. You're like, this is so worth it. This hard work is so worth it. When you see that the mom finally got her IEP for her son, you know, and the advocacy that they need. When you see that an initiative in Rhode Island, you're following this one community leader who has been part of the process, then decides to go to school and use that initiative as part of her work to get her bachelor's. And then you find out that she's in front of the city council advocating for development and and, uh, community benefits in her city. And those are the moments when you feel like, you know, this work is so worth it. And I think for me, what I find is that this piece of creating communities that are thriving, just for the lack of a better word, it's hard to watch sometimes because it takes so long. And what I always tell people in this work is like celebrate the small wins, you know, ending racism, making sure that there's actual equity in everything that we do these days. It's going to, it's like a lot, it's like lifetime work. So how do we sort of continue to refuel and celebrate the small wins to keep us going. The work of collaboration and coalition building, I've been at it for 25 years. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, we're still doing this, you know? So I have to remind myself that it's not for my generation, you know, that it's for the next generation and that people are getting better at it. Our young people these days are unapologetic. They're doing such amazing work and really changing the structures of how they do this collaboration, coalition building. Yeah, there are so many things that you said in there that I'm like, yes, it was like heavily nodding and talking back. (laughs) Yeah, I think when you talked about it's not for you, I got this image in my head of a race and it's like passing the baton, right? So we're, we're running our leg of the race and we're doing what we can with what we have. And as things evolve as folks grow, as the next generation comes in with more energy and new ideas, like that's a way to keep it going. Like, you know, it didn't, all of these things didn't happen in our lifetime or they didn't just manifest in our lifetime. They're things that have built over hundreds of years and generations. And I think it's going to take just as long to address those things. And so we just have to run our leg of the race and do what we can. And that just felt so powerful. Inez, thank you so much for taking time to share your journey with our network. Your commitment to holding space for folks to build trust and relationships with one another is powerful. 
if we want to be able to create solutions and work in a way that is grounded in our collective dignity, it's critical to invest in building relationships with each other. Join me in our next episode where I'll continue my conversation with Inez about collective and collaborative leadership. Also, be sure to register for the 10th Annual Vital Village Network's National Community Leadership Summit. This one-day in-person event will take place in Boston, Massachusetts on October 17th, 2023. To learn more and register, please visit www.vitalvillagesummit.org. Registration closes on October 6th. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to In the Arena with Now. To learn more about the Vital Village Networks of Opportunity for Child Wellbeing, please visit the online forum at networksofopportunity.org. Along with webinars, blogs, and links to this podcast, the NOW Forum hosts a ton of additional resources through our searchable database. This episode was produced by Rhonda Alexander, Corinne Bauman, and Diana Rivera. Edited by Resonate with music by Akira Sora. In the Arena with Now is sponsored by Vital Village Networks at Boston Medical Center and made possible by funding from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation.